It is Locked on Jazz for the 16th of June. Rudy Gobert to Atlanta rumors everywhere. Let's look at them and see what's realistic or not. Who is Charles Lee, the head coaching candidate from Milwaukee? Let's find out a breakdown on him. And looking at the menu of other teams, what about the Indiana Pacers? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first Listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, a five-star review, a comment. All of those uh, turn out well for us, and we greatly appreciate it here on Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for tuning in. I want to follow up a little bit on the coach's conversation of yesterday's show before we dig into... um, Rudy Gobert, Atlanta rumors, and then a bunch of stuff on Charles Lee, um, the assistant coach out of Milwaukee, who's a very legitimate candidate for the Utah Jazz job. Um, on the conversation yesterday, like I think that data is really interesting. I'm really glad I did it. I do think it's noisy. Um, and so one of the things that came out was that hiring a G League head coach is – been really, really successful. Well, does that mean you just go hire a G League head coach, or does that mean that the five G League head coaches that were hired earlier were the obvious selections and that everyone knew that Chris Finch and Nick Nurse were going to be great head coaches one day? And frankly, maybe people knew the same thing about Taylor Jenkins, and it, it isn't just go hire a G League head coach, but the G League head coaches that were really good have already been hired. And that the reason there haven't been 15 G League head coaches is because it's clear that those weren't there. Now, we'll see. And teams are different. Team, team G League coaches' rosters are different. Like Jason Terry, we talked about yesterday, had a very veteran G League uh, team with Isaiah Thomas and some other players of that sort. The other one is, you know, I just think you're trying to find, you know, patterns of things and what a roster looks like, what a team has has such an impact on it. And so there's also some level where certain style of players or coaches probably go to other same style of teams, if you understand. So in other words, a good team is probably more likely to hire X than a bad team. Now, the other one is frankly that, you know, uh, New York, the Lakers have a bunch of weird bad hires and they all hire former head coaches. Um, there are a bunch of teams that literally just hired former head coaches. So I just wanted to point out that I thought it was interesting. I'm really glad I did it. I do think it was noisy um, from a data standpoint. And so just just throw that out there um, for you to consider. Uh, by the way, I'm looking at our screen today on YouTube. We just have so many colors going on. We are like the Jazz Skittles at this point. I guess it sounds as though tomorrow 
is our is our new color reveal and our new brand reveal. That's what it seems like from the Jordan Clarkson piece at UtahJazz.com. I'll tell a funny story if if in fact all the rumors about purple are true. Um, and it's, it's Bowler and I talk about this all the time. We talked about this yesterday, and that is the Bowler and I. Whenever we like want to wear something that's like jazz related, for years we've like put on a like I have a Brooks Brothers shirt with little tiny purple lines on it, and I have another purple and blue, and I have a one of my closest dearest friends in the world, Jill Van Leeuwen and her daughter, Hannah, they, when I came back here, or I think it might've been when I got my jazz play-by-play job, they gave me a tie as a, you know, congratulations, um, dear, dear friends, been with them for a long time. So it was really meaningful to me. It was a purple Paisley tie. Purple has not been our color for like ever. I don't think Darren and Carlos ever wore purple. Um, So it's interesting how much, if in fact purple stays, purple has been entwined in everything we've done for all these years to the point where Craig Bowlerjack and I, if we're going to wear a tie or put something that we think is like jazz colored, it's purple. And yet purple hasn't been our color forever. So really interesting how it's kind of stayed and lingered and stayed connected to who we are. We'll see what happens. I mean, our colors right now, frankly, my board is a good example of that. Are you know, at blue, yellow, I'm wearing them. Um, and it will be curious to see how this, how what this new. I'm excited. You know, this is very important to Ryan and what he's built, and part of his signature um, as as a new owner. And uh, we'll see in the beginning of kind of putting a stamp on on who we are and what his era is going to feel like. So it's really important. All right, one of the, you know, I I don't love talking about trade rumors with our players, but this year it just feels like it's unavoidable. So one of the big conversations has been whether the Jazz might be trading. Rudy Gobert to Atlanta. And they've talked about Clint Capella, John Collins, some combination of a draft pick, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter. Okay, so the f- the first part is on a deal like that, if I'm the Jazz, I'm trading Rudy Gobert and you're taking Rudy Gay. Like at that, so we're, we're sending you $40 million worth of players is the way, is, is kind of the first number I'm looking at if I'm, if I'm on the Jazz, I'm gonna. If if you're taking Rudy Gobert, I'm getting out from under the two more years on Rudy Gay's contract, and I and we're sending forty million for the the John Collins, Clint Capella are the first two contract numbers that really matter here, and Capella's at eighteen point six, and Collins is at twenty three. I'm not sure I totally understand the idea of Clint Capella in this conversation, so. Clint Capella is just a poor man's Rudy Gobert, but he's not like cheap. He's 18.6 million. If you're moving off Rudy Gobert, which I have a hard time with, I'm not going to lie to anyone. I'm pretty big fan. Believe you win 50 games a minute. He's on your roster. Like I, I, and Robert to me, Robert Williams of the Celtics is proving to me that you can win with Rudy Gobert. The, the only argument to me that really, really resonates in any capacity to trade Rudy Gobert would be, I don't want to be paying him $40 million for the next five years. Like, okay. Like if that's, if that's where the conversation starts and that, you know, the game, the game's shifting, it's harder in some ways for him. It's going to get harder every year. And centers have become running backs and they're not worth it, they're not as, you know, the, 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 the going price for a center is 
Rudy at 38 this next year, 41, 43, and a player option for 47 is too much. Okay. Like, I'll buy that. That's legitimate. So if that's the case, I'm not sure I understand why you're adding Clint Capella at 18.6 for three years and still, to some extent, maybe overpaying for a center, but one that's just not as good as Rudy. Now, the answer to that, I guess, would be that I have a, you want a center of some capacity. He plays the exact same way. He's had some inju- more injuries. His body doesn't hold up as well. Um, he's not as good defensively. In fact, at times, he's, he's actually flowed away. He flowed from being good to bad at different times. Um, you know, Houston got off of him at one point in time. So that one, so I don't quite get that. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't quite get the Capel. So now, John Collins gets, is a little different. John Collins is, and, and then I'll, I'll say this on John Collins that I don't entirely understand. Why doesn't Atlanta, why is it John Collins always being talked about being traded? So John Collins has got 23, 25, 26, and 26 on the books for the next four years. Trey Young is going to be on their books for 40 as a supermax, and so they've got financial issues they've got to deal with, and they've got DeAndre Hunter or Kevin Herter coming. So I, I think John Collins has been really good. He's crazily efficient. He is... 6'9", 226, he kind of plays a four, he slides to some five, he's not elite athletically, he does seem to be kind of the player that for whatever reason in Atlanta, they always want more from. And so, maybe they've determined that that dollar figure for John Collins is too significant. And Collins is a career 38% three-point shooter with three threes a game. That's, That's pretty good. I mean, he definitely, this is a guy who put up 20, 21, 18, 16. I'm not a big points per game. Does have a hard time staying healthy. He's played 61, 41, 63, 54. Not great. And so, all right. So, to me, if we're going to start this conversation, Collins, to me, is the first piece, not Capella. You put Capella and Collins together, you're already at 40 million. So, Collins, to me, is that you're changing your team. Collins becomes your power forward. He probably slides to play some five. You're going to pay now a million dollars or two million dollars for your backup center or for a center. You're just not paying for your center. You're going to get, you know, like Orlando got Robin Lopez for the mid-level last year if you're you're pivoting off Rudy. And then the question is what players and picks are you getting? Now, DeAndre Hunter is the piece of this puzzle that I think everyone wants, and I can't really imagine Atlanta's moving DeAndre Hunter. He seems to me way too perfect to go next to Trey Young. Former fourth pick of the draft. He's 6'8", 220. He has a body that God made to play basketball. Like, he's he's great. His He's been oft injured, 63 games, then 23 games, and 53 games. Um, and then missed a bunch of the season at the end of last year. Um, decent three-point shooter at 36%. I don't know that he's a go-to scorer. I don't think he's like Atlanta's second scorer to go with Trey Young, but he's a versatile, good player. Doesn't move it a ton. His assists are going the wrong direction, not the right direction. Um, I really should B-ball index him a little bit. I think that's where B-ball index does great work and would open up a little bit. But here's one that if in your scouting of DeAndre Hunter, this really goes back to what did you think of DeAndre Hunter in 2019? 
when he came out of Virginia playing for Tony Bennett is did you believe that this guy had, you know, what did you believe of him then? Because he's the elite athlete. We've seen with Andrew Wiggins, if you have elite athleticism, you stick around. Um, you can bring them around. Hunter's really interesting. Kevin Herter is too. Um, Kevin Herter, to me, has some qualities that has, has me really, really excited about an NBA player. Now, what's interesting on Herter, he's signed. And that makes him even more exciting to me. 14.5, 15.6, 16.8, and 17.9. So you're paying, but honestly, when the next TV deal gets done, some of those numbers are going to be minuscule and aren't going to be nearly that big. Like I've heard ideas that the average salary in the NBA is going to be 20 plus and that the max is going to be 70. So Kevin Herter's deal, and, and I love the fact Kevin Herter signed up for four years. I also love the fact that Kevin Herter is 6'7". One, he's pretty long. He's not, he's pretty small. I remember walking by him in summer league. He's 200 pounds still. He doesn't have the shoulders like a Gordon Hayward who's can like develop into a big physical body. That to me is clear. He had a bad postseason this year against Miami. Um, they got into him a little bit. He couldn't get off, couldn't get free. That's a probably something that, you know, does does he elevate? But this guy is a 40% career three-point shooter. And those are hard to come by. He's not there yet. He's 38. I think he's going to be 40. He's a bona fide shooter. He's 6'7". I'm just a big believer in big three-point shooters. They can always find a shooting window. He, I don't haven't watched him enough to know whether or not he can handle himself defensively in a playoff series. If he gets isolated like that, I'd have to dig in. He doesn't go to the line at all, which is a little hard, makes it hard for him to be efficient, but as a three-point shooter, I get it. He does move it. He passes the ball. He's a good instinctive passer. Like, you tell me I got a 6'7 Kurt Kevin Herter next to 6'1 Donovan Mitchell, I like it. He will always take attention. He's beautifully spaced. Donovan gets room. I think Herter is a ball mover. He's a brilliant shooter. He takes a lot of attention. He can run the way, you know, routes the way a clay can at the same time be a spot-up shooter. There's a lot to really like there. So the reason this trade, I think, is being talked about so much is there's really some pieces. Now, I don't think you can get Collins, Hunter, and Herter. I think you're probably talking about John Collins, you're probably talking about Kevin Herter. And now, from a Jazz standpoint, you just got two guys that are signed up for four years and you're not worrying about a bunch of things there. Um, and I don't, and I think the trade has to go by, would have to go down past July 1 because Herter's contract would have to move to the 14.4. So it might be one of those things where you're also getting a draft pick and now. You're getting a draft pick. Herter's at 14. Collins is at 23. You're sending Gay and Gobert for 40. It, 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 it adds up. It works. And if you get a draft pick in there in some capacity, maybe that's enough. John Collins, Kevin Herter, each for four years, along with it, up with a draft pick. And it doesn't feel like enough for me for Rudy Gobert because I think Rudy Gobert is outstanding. But, you know, you're, you're there. You're, you, you're now rebuilding a roster. And I do like getting player control. So th- that's why everyone's talking about that. Who is Charles Lee? He's a bison. He's also an equities trader. He's also experienced a unique NBA training camp. We'll tell you all about Charles Lee, the 
assistant coach up for the Utah Jazz job here as we continue. Today's show, a Thursday edition of Locked on Jazz. Thanks so very much uh, for tuning in. I want to tell you about an interesting group called Summit Cap. It's a Utah County-based group. And uh, they actually invested They invested in Lockdown. That's how I um, know about David and Jeff and, and Matt. Uh, Jeff actually uh, kind of found us, brought it in. I remember sitting down uh, with them in their office. And, and it was a super interesting meeting because they, their instincts as business people were that there was something unique to Lockdown, that it was working correctly. And yet they had, you know, they had invested in oil, like, oil pipelines in Wyoming. Like they weren't investing in media companies, but they could tell there was something. And it tells you a little bit of who they are. Like, okay, I can, we can tell there's, there's something going on here. They were very complimentary. And we're, they're not the type of people that are going to sit there and like push you to like, okay, well, but we're going to invest, but in nine months we have to have this. So here's the reason that I'm mentioning Summit Cap and Matt and Jeff and David is they're looking for, to provide capital for management that's seeking to buy out the owner of their business they work in. So if you work for a company, the ownership has like their vision of where the company's going, probably less aggressive. They're probably older. Where <clears throat> I've gone with it going, you, they, they realize, hey, you probably know the business. You can take it to new heights. We'll buy out the current ownership. They win. And we'll supply the money for you to be able to take this company to the next site. And you win now because your knowledge becomes your equity, whereas, and they bring the cash, um, which you probably don't have. It's all over at Summit Cap. If you know someone who this fits into, providing capital for management seeking to buy out the owners of business. Email Matt uh, at LockedOnJazz at SummitCapUtah.com. That's Matt at SummitCapUtah.com. You can text Matt at 801-796-2033 or even... If it's better for you, just email me at dlock09 at gmail.com and I'll set you guys up. So that's over at Summit Cap. Interesting Utah-based company. I always enjoy. Uh, I got to see David, his daughter, beat my daughter in the uh, Utah Junior State Am Finals. Or Junior, yeah, Junior State Am Finals. So congratulations to them. Um, bittersweet. No, it's fine. They're good people. It's always always a pleasure to work with, with good people. Today's show is also brought to you by Built.com. What? What, ladies and gentlemen, available in both bar and puff, mud pie, and an exclusive chocolate brownie, coconut brownie puff. The mud pie bar and brownie, I just got them. They're incredible. They're incredible. The mud pie bundle, legit. Plus two coconut brownie chunk puffs. This is the best flavor I've had yet. I'm I'm not lying. This I am a coconut brownie chunk, and I think and a brownie batter. Those are my two favorites up to now. I mud pie puffs were amazing. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, eight grams of sugar. Also 150 calories, 17 grams, and five grams of sugar on the bars. Uh, the puffs had the extra protein and a little more sugar. All available at built.com mud pie, both in puffs and bars. Locked 15 is your promo code to get 15% off on your whole order or any order at built.com. All right, who is Charles Lee? By the way, thanks for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen of the day. It starts today, right? 
The ultimate NBA mock draft starts today. I can't wait to listen to this. A five-part series, over 50 industry experts. It all starts. It's on your Odyssey app. It's on your Locked On app. Whatever you're going to find it. Search ultimate NBA mock draft. The first pick is June 16th. Search NBA mock draft. Don't miss a pick. It's going to be great. I can't wait to start listening. All right, who's Charles Lee? Charles Lee is currently the assistant coach for the Milwaukee Bucks and is uh, went to grew up in Maryland. He went to Bucknell. Bucknell's in the Patriot League. It's a small school out of Pennsylvania. It's near the Amish. Um, he won two NCAA games there. He was their Patriot League player, the tournament player of the year twice. They upset Kansas in the most historic moment in Bucknell history, and they upset Arkansas. And then... He goes to the Spurs camp. He actually plays summer league in Salt Lake City, Utah, and does really, really well in the Spurs camp. And um, pretty interesting. So he he gets to play for the Spurs camp. And the Spurs that year had lost in the second round. So they go to France for a two-and-a-half-week really intensive training camp in France, and he gets to go to that. He says in, he then gets cut um, on the, at the very end, and his comment is, I wish I had been more aggressive, but the experience was unbelievable. Um, he said, and then as he moved on, he, he went to go play. He started in Israel. He said, you know, it was hard mentally to get myself out of being cut by the Spurs. Who knows how close I really was from making the team. You never really know what management's thoughts are. Maybe just they let me hang around because I was a good a kid from Bucknell and it was a good story, but I thought I was close. So there he's living with regret for the first time. He he comes out of Maryland, doesn't get heavily recruited, goes to this small school in Bucknell, non scholarship player at Bucknell, um, playing in a, a super small school, probably smaller Division One schools you can play. Wins two NCAA tournament games, gets himself invited to the Spurs training camp, makes the Spurs, uh, or Summer League, makes the Spurs training camp as one of the three final cuts right before a game in Dallas. He gets cut uh, from that game and then goes to Europe. In his first year in Europe, he gets undercut while going for a ball and injures his back. And it kind of seems like the story is that derailed his pro career a little bit. And after four years, his girlfriend at the time, the former captain of the women's Bucknell team, I don't know if they're the Lady Bison, doesn't seem like that's something I would want to be. Um, but the, uh, what, so after four years in Europe, his girlfriend's back in New York has a job. Her girlfriend, his girlfriend's dad has cancer. So she's not able to go back and forth to Europe. And after four years, he finally says, Okay, that's enough. I want to be back with you. I miss family. He brings it back to the United States and he goes to work. He talks to a bunch of Bucknell people and he actually gets a job on Wall Street as an equities trader, which ironically is what Quinn Snyder did when he left Indiana training camp. Quinn Snyder, if you remember the story, is in Indiana camp. He's likely going to be the 15th player on the roster, walks into Dick Versace in the middle of training camp, says, I'm not a 15th guy. I'm not going to enjoy this. Uh, I, I'm out. I'm done. I retire. And Quinn leaves the game at that point uh, along the way, never goes and plays in Europe and starts. At that point, he goes onto the equities desk, I believe. Um, but I think he did it for Morgan Stanley. Uh, Charles Lee does it for 
um, Bank of America. So he's now back home. He marries his then girlfriend, uh, Lindsay's her name, who uh, becomes the, um, and they still are married today. And he starts kind of volunteering at youth camps. He's playing little. He just doesn't quite shake the basketball Jones. And uh, the new coach, he ends up going to an alumni event at Bucknell. He meets the new coach. He had a legendary Hall of Fame Bucknell coach who was no longer around. And he meets the new coach. And this guy, Michael Cotton, who was an assistant for Bucknell, goes to Ryder in a little bit of a surprise move. And they hire Charles Lee to become the head coach or the assistant coach at Bucknell one year out of playing. And it's really interesting to go back and read that press release. Because in that press release, the coach says, anyone who's ever met Charles knows that he has the it factor that defines a successful coach. So that's solely based on just what he did at Bucknell, been around him, who this guy's personality is. I don't know Charles Lee. Everyone I've talked to over the last week about him, very positive. He's 37 years old. He's still young. He's interviewed for jobs each of the last two years. It's kind of known he's going to be an NBA head coach. Kevin Arnovitz highlighted him many years ago um, in um, in one of his ESPN articles as one of the rising coaches in the league. Um, so it, he's he's known in that sense um, and has uh, been expected. But I thought that was an interesting quote. The next thing I think is really interesting about his career is he's at Bucknell for one year. And Mike Budenholzer hires him to Atlanta. So why? Well, what's interesting there is that Mike Budenholzer was on the Spurs staff that was for in France for two and a half weeks in this intensive training camp where coaches and players probably got to know each other a little bit better. So pretty interesting to me that Charles Lee would go to Spurs Summer League, maybe coached by Mike Budenholzer. I'd have to go find out who coached that team. Then goes to play in Europe for four years, comes back to spend a a year, maybe two at Bucknell. Now that um, I'm actually looking at his his bio, I think he starts in 2012 at Bucknell and 2014 in Atlanta. So he spends two years at Bucknell. And in 2014, he gets hired by Mike Budenholzer to come to the NBA and it, in Atlanta. And that that jumps out to me just that that's the kind of, um, when you hear all these good things about him, that this is a guy who, you know, Budenholzer's in his second year in the, N, in the NBA and is going to add this guy to his coaching staff. And then in 2018, when Mike Budenholzer moves from Atlanta to Milwaukee, who does he bring with him but... Charles Lee. So Charles Lee would fall indirectly under the Spurs tree and his only NBA experiences with Pop in that two and a half weeks in Europe. And then he's now under the Budenholzer tree, which is pretty good. Like, I think that's going to probably be the next great coaching tree in the league, the way that Pops has been. Um, and the Jazz have lots of guys. That Atlanta staff included Lamar Skeeter on the Jazz, included Vince LaGarza, included Jeff Watkinson. Um, so there's a lot of different um, ties into the Jazz there because Quinn Snyder is there as well um, with Mike Budenholzer and some of that time in Atlanta um, as there. So in 
Charles Lee has been done some interviews since, um, but not, you can't find a lot. In Atlanta, his primary work was with Dennis Schroeder, who, those were the best years of Dennis Schroeder's career. And O'Quinn worked with Dennis Schroeder a lot as well. He's interviewed for New Orleans and Washington last year. Uh, Wes Unseld and Jamal Mos and um, Willie Green get those jobs. He was supposed to be really close to New Orleans and he interviewed, I believe, for Phoenix the year prior to that when Monty Williams gets the job. The, in an article where Lee talks about himself, he says he's a power of positivity guy. Um, you can his his belief, his basic belief is four pronged. One, a positive power of positivity. Two, control what you can control. Three, daily improvement. And four, competitive competitiveness is both physical and mental. Um and then I thought he made a really interesting comment in an article with Eric Neem, former Lockdown Bucks host, who writes now for The Athletic, who he talked about the key with players is finding out where they will let me coach them. It's an interesting concept, right? Let me work with where the player is. Where does the player understand that he needs something and that he's looking for something? Where will he let me coach him? So that's Charles Lee. Feel free in the comment section to let me know what your thoughts are on him now that you learned a little bit about his backstory and who he is um, as a coach. Um, and then order your mud pie. Bill Bars. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't think I can order more Bill Bars. I have so many Bill Bars in the house. I think my wife will be like, go crazy if I have more Bill Bars. But I want those so badly. What are we talking about? That there's a protein bar that I want that bad. All right, never mind. All right, that is Charles Lee. Seriously, still talking about that. That is Charles Lee. Give me your thoughts in the comment section of YouTube of what you thought. Let's look at the Indiana Pacers menu and see what we might be interested in pulling off their menu um, as we continue next today. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Arcade One Up. We told you we're giving away great an NBA jam arcade one, the leader in home retro arcade games is not only bringing the games, best games back, but it's bigger than ever with the Shaq edition in one of the first sports games ever to feature real digital, digitized NBA license items. No fouls, no free throws, no quarters required. Oh my gosh. He jumps from mid court. Boom. Shakalaka. It is NBA jam is back. We're giving away an NBA Jam Go. That's arcade1up.com. Arcade1up.com slash lockdown. Arcade1up.com slash lockdown. Make sure you um, enter for your chance to win. Get until July 8th to enter NBA Jam Shack Edition. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? All right, let's look at the Indiana Pacers. And what they might have that we would be interested in in this process. So the big t- first question is, would Indiana be interested in either of our stars? Um, and the answer might be yes on Rudy Gobert, but they have Miles Turner. Um, and I don't see the idea that they're going to trade Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner for Rudy Gobert. Like, I think that's what everyone wants. That would be really interesting. Yeah, at Brogdon next to Donovan. He's another heavy ball handler. He's bigger, stronger. And Miles Turner replaces Rudy. And you just move forward and Miles Turner spreads the floor. He's not as good defensively. Um, Malcolm Brogdon's interesting to me. And, you know, it depends if Ivy's available for Indiana in the draft. Um, 
Malcolm Brogdon's interesting because I do really like Malcolm Brogdon. Um, he's big, he's strong, he's physical. He does a lot of things really well. I do wonder, like, what role is he on a really, really good team? And is he willing to play that role? So he made 22.6 next year, 22.5, and then 22.5. So his contract's good. Like, that's a, that's a good contract. Um, Miles Turner is an unrestricted free agent at the end of 23-24, which is probably why Indiana might consider moving him, though they already moved Sabonis. Um, but do they really want to max him out? And where is he? And he feels like a player that you're going to have to pay a lot to keep, and I'm not sure whether or not people want to pay that for a center, right? The Jazz will kind of be back in the same situation if you've acquired Miles Turner. You just don't have him signed up, and he's not as good as Rudy Gobert. He's really good, though. So Malcolm Brogdon, to me, is a super interesting player. He's 30 years old. He came in the league late. He's, he's not on, he doesn't have much more of an upside. He's good. Um, but I do worry about that. Like, he has the ball in his hands all the time. Is he really your primary ball handler? Is he really your number one guy? Um, his shooting last year was, was not good at all. I think he shot 32% from three. Um, and he's really been intermittent with his three-point shooting. He's a career 38%, but I've, my memory is like he's never shot 38%. It's like 42-31, 42-31, and then that gets him to his 38. Um, I think that's not true. I think he has like a year in there at 38 or 39, but you get the concept. He's another one who's oft injured. 48 games, 64 games, 54 games, 56 games, 36 games. Um, he's not an elite athlete. He would have been drafted in the first round if he was. He was rookie of the year from Milwaukee after being drafted in the 36th pick of the second round. He's a very cerebral guy at the University of Virginia. He didn't live with the athletes. He lived on this like very special area of campus for the elite of students. Um, he's been, I think, at times maybe either you know, because of who his coaches were, but kind of known as sometimes difficult to coach. That is like, he's so thoughtful and thought, you know, all the time. Um, so he's an interesting piece. I know that's a, that's a name that gets bounced around a lot by jazz fans that they really want Malcolm Brogdon. I'm, I would, I will be curious to watch Malcolm Brogdon on his next team. I'm, I'm really curious to see how he fits. They, they're going to, they want to turn this thing over to Tyrese Halliburton and he's going to be the one who has the ball most of the time. And like, is Malcolm Brogdon okay with that? Like, I think that's a really interesting um, aspect. They also have Buddy Heald, who's a great shooter, but um, not a great defensive player, not a cerebral player. Um, at least that the, was the book on him out of Sacramento. I don't know if that's true, but that's what everyone said. Um, you know, kind of an in, more instinct shooting. Um, did add the off-the-bounce three. Was the best catch-and-shoot player in the league for a little while. $22.7 million with two more years left on that deal as well. Uh, but otherwise, TJ McConnell is an interesting piece at $7 million. He has three more years left on his deal. And they then don't really have anything else. Um, that Jalen Smith, who they acquired, that Phoenix gave up on former top 10 pick would be someone that I, if you could get them. If you're doing a deal with Indiana, I would try to get that into my deal um, somewhere along the way. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Hope you had a good one. Hope you enjoy. Friday edition is Ask LOJ. So send me your questions with hashtag Ask. L-O-J, hashtag ask L-O-J tomorrow. We'll be fun with it. Thanks very much for tuning in. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.